Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the final episode of the How the F*** Do You Implement Service Operations in this season. I'm joined, as usual, by my awesome co-host, Ashley Poxon. How are we doing, Ash? Hi, Phil. Yep, fine. Thank you. And we've we've unshackled him for the final episode. We're actually keeping Carl with a hot mic, which doesn't usually happen. We don't usually trust him with it. But Carl, you're gonna you're gonna come in and reminisce about some of the highlights over the season. I am. Yes, it's. Um, I can't believe we're at the end of the first series already. I know, right? It's kind of really flown. I've really enjoyed. Like, I listen. I'm publicity hall there's absolutely no secret about that so i've really enjoyed doing the season but you know staying really close to this project and seeing it go through with twists and the turns and and the ups and downs that kind of inevitably go with it it's uh yeah it's been emotional to coin a phrase from a certain movie it's also different how you two have been right from the very beginning from the very first episode to kind of how you are now in the podcast it's it's different yeah, I remember Ashley being all shy and timid on the first one, and then he's kind of grown into it as we gone along. <laughs> Nobody could get a word in edgeways on the first one, Phil. Or is that because I just got nervous and I, yeah, when I get nervous, yeah. I don't stop talking? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's do the final um, of this series. Let's do the final weekly project update. Final project update. Ashley, what's been going on since the last time I spoke to you? Um, that's a You've good got to question. Try remember, now, you? I've got to remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, Dawn mentioned the other week that we've got the the, the ops stars, which are our DevOps team. They're picking up the remaining pieces of work from the DCT to the UK data center migration, and. They're also going to pick up, I think, majority of the US work as well. So the team's growing a lot at the minute. Uh, we're getting more demand in for getting onboarded to uh, event management and metric intelligence and also health log analytics. We're finding, <laughs> because there is such a demand, we're having to reprioritize some things. Yeah. So whilst we did the Azure work for um, event management for the compute side of the Azure resources um, and the metrics, we, we kind of got to pause a little bit on the remaining 300 subscriptions and we've got to help out um so mel who did a great job with that as your piece of work is having to help out with another piece of priority work around um uh, a business service that needs to ingest their logs into health log analytics okay. and there's been some there's been some big developments with that to be honest phil we're ingesting logs from an ibm platform which has never ever been done before it, it's mm. Always when we first start, uh, IBM Maximo platform as a service. And when we looked at it, we got told it's impossible to do, nobody would be able to do it. And to be honest, I've not really been involved with it. It was mainly Dawn leading it and Chi, Alex, uh, and Mehul came on towards the end of it. Um, But they've actually got the logs being ingested into service now, uh, Health Log Analytics, um, as of the last few days. So to be told that that wasn't possible to do, with the expertise that Chi, Alex, and Mehul have applied to it, they've been able to get the data. There's always, um, with Chi, you tell him something's not possible and he very quickly finds a way how to do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got some skills. So, no, that's awesome. And so we're, we're taking the the logs in from Maximo and we're going to process that, obviously, in the, yep. the rule sets and the context engines against that that business yep. service. Yeah. Yep. And then we, we, the, the big ask at the minute that's coming, well, it's not a big ask, but one of the challenges we're seeing... We, we, we need to come up with a way of, uh, and this is kind of still in the project update, it's something that me and Chi have got a call with Eaton from uh, the ServiceNow 
product team for HLA around, I think it's this week some point. We need to find a way to be able to get data or logs specifically into ServiceNow HLA directly without having to go through something like Azure. So if we talk about MuleSoft logs, how can we get them directly into ServiceNow HLA without mm -hmm. having to go through Azure Log Analytics? Because we've, we've just been quoted a, a massive, the amount of MuleSoft logs that we've got, mm -hmm. we've just been quoted a massive amount of uh, dollars per month just to adjust them into Azure. Now we want to sidestep that yeah. and try and get them from MuleSoft, whether it be uh, the runtime fabric, which is our on-prem solution, which runs in Azure, but it's still on-prem classification anyway, or against the um, MuleSoft Cloud Hub offering. Yeah. So we need so to get the data from both. There's an API hook. You can just go straight in from ServiceNow to MuleSoft and collect those logs. We, well, we're going to check with Aiton later, I think it is. But mm -hmm. I'm sure we asked that before. I'm sure there was still some way we couldn't do it. We'll look into it. It's on our radar to look at this week because the amount slightly, of money. I think it was a slightly different question that you were asking before. It wasn't as straightforward as can we integrate in and pull those logs out. You can definitely do it. I guarantee that. Okay. All right. We'll have a look anyway. I'll yeah, you, be a I'll big you another pint if, uh, if we can't do it, but definitely you can do that. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Not a doubt in my mind. And I'm very tight when it comes to buying beer because I don't drink it. Um, no, very cool. So we just, it's all steams ahead. So obviously this ties back in. I think it's still within the rounds of the, the project update, but this ties into the front door process, which I think is going to become ever more important as we go through the rest of the year, just because you can see it, right? It started off with a few yep. folded arms in the corner. Don't put don't believe it. We rapidly changed that. We got into you know stuff that was was into production being used, helping to avoid P ones, helping to diagnose it really quickly. Really inopportune time to get a bit of hiccups here. Um, and now you've got just this swell of demand coming from all across the organisation in technology and from the business to get on board this platform, this tool, and this capability because they're seeing the benefits of it. So, I mean, how are you going to? keep up with that strictly through front door but then how are you going to prioritize what comes in first because i think that's going to be your biggest problem the victim yeah. of your own success yes it, it is um and obviously you know dawn and paul miller that's joining us this week are also going to be um you let the cat out of the bag there i wasn't sure if we we're allowed to say his name because obviously he's coming over yep. from corilla he starts this week, starts this week. yep starts no, on the first Obviously, Paul and I yeah. go back quite a way because we, we did a lot yeah. of work with Corella and, and all the stuff they've got there. Yeah. So excited to have him on board. That's awesome. He's a one hell of a guy. And technically, yeah. I mean, the guy's a genius. It's brilliant. But it's a, that's so, a, good, uh, a good signing for you in the transfer window. Well, he used to be at Grid before. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know so he that. He was no. at Grid. Yeah, he was at Grid before. Um, and then he left us to go, what was ExoServe? Then I think of what they're called now, Corella. So, yeah, yeah. He's, coming, he's coming back home. I know Neil at uh, is really going to miss him because he was his right-hand man for a long time. Oh, really? Good. Well, see how he is. We've got him now, so nobody's having him back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he starts this week. So I guess between him and Dawn they will, and Rob, obviously, um, they will have to decide what's their priorities um, mm. when, when things come in. I think generally they base it on you know feedback from the business as to what's a priority as well. Um, and complexity as well, you know, if you can deliver value quicker, then go after mm -hmm. the quicker one whilst you work on the, the more complex one. Mm -hmm. That's how I imagine they would uh, um, approach it. Brilliant. I think we should finish the weekly project update there, Carl. What do you reckon? I think we might have stretched it, but let's end it there. Mm -hmm.
final project update. It's the last episode of the season. You can do what you want. Basically, it doesn't matter. It's all over the place. <laughs> no structure. Who cares? <laughs> uh, no, fantastic. So, um, looking back, um, without getting emotional, actually, I know that you're a bit of a crier, but looking back on, on the season, <laughs> if it's not, <laughs> but looking back on the season, what's been your, your, I guess, what's been your highlight? And then what's been um, your low light? But let's do the low light first. And then, what, and then what was your highlight? I would say, say, I would say the low light. It's not really a low light. It's, it's more of a, um, how could we have improved things? And I guess the amount of time it take it, it took us to get our first one over the line. So how long did it take us to get UWP over the line? And it, you know, from our original scoping, it was you know 12, 15 weeks, whatever it was. Yeah. It actually, it took you know 10 months nearly. But that's not through the product or our team. That's because the team had to go into so much detail around reorganizing the logs and so making sure the logs were in a readable format, making sure the logs could be shipped to ServiceNow HLA. Because in a lot of cases, you know, the, the log we, we just couldn't get to the logs. You know, some of the old legacy on on-prem um, applications we need to ingest the logs for. So the low light would be next time, actually. Pick an application that is ready for HLA. <laughs> Not, yeah. Don't try and fix a problem <laughs> that somebody's screaming about. Fix one that's actually going to uh, showcase what you can actually do with the tool. So that would probably be something that, you know, just the amount of time. And, you know, with Dawn, even Cheryl back in the day when she was running the show, they quickly established a set of repeatable stories. And now we've got a cookie cutter. Yeah. That, you know, Dawn, Cheryl, Renu, Margaret, they've all put together an arch, you know, from service transition. And they now know exactly every time a log needs to be ingested, this is, these are the steps you need to follow. Go and do it. And then yeah, that's absolutely. it. And I wish we kind of, but, it, you know, the first one was always going to be the hardest. I guess we just didn't see how hard it might have been. But the success <laughs> outweighs the hard work. I think, I think for me, the learning from that as well, and something I've actually corrected, and we've kind of almost changed our entire sales process, if you like, and I put that in air quotes because I don't think of myself as a salesperson, um, <laughs> is around solution architecting in like the proposal and uh, SAW stages. So whereas before it was, and we were breaking new ground here, so I guess you know a little bit of slack could be cut, but. Um, you know, we've, we've now changed it to a way that it's not just me putting together that initial solutions design and then putting together the estimated time to complete and so forth. And I'll bring a couple of other solutions architects with me um, that spend a bit more time in pre-sales, obviously FOC to, to our clients to really get under the hood and really understand that. And they were learnings directly from this program because, you know, we were lucky that we had a very progressive client with with National Grid and obviously you and Rob really got the vision and, and stuck with it. But someone that wasn't necessarily in the same place you were or with that level of commitment may have seen this as a, as a failing because you're like, Phil, you told me you'd be alive in 15 weeks and we'd all gear to that. And 10 months later, we've only just gone live. You know, we can't sustain that going forward. And, and you're right, you can't sustain that going forward. But actually, it was just a lesson of what we need. We didn't know what we didn't know. And maybe I think uh, not enough time on our side and my side was spent there. So I think, you know, I would agree with that sentiment. And we've taken big steps to try and change that for our customers' success, you know, and, yeah. and I wish we'd done it slightly differently. But, you know, that's, appreciate your honesty there phil but um you know it's just the fact that it's a legacy environment that that was the biggest catch point mm. you know that we it, having a method of getting the logs 
to the mid server to get them into service now was probably one of the biggest challenges. I mean, some of them, some of them uh, we still haven't got, but we know mm. that we're upgrading to UWP 2.0, so there's no point going after them anymore because the logs are going to be redundant in three months or so. So the amount of effort we'd have to put into it, is it really cost effective and does it make you know, development sense to go in, redevelop the logs or ship them to another mm. um, location that could be ingested? Does it make sense? There's no point. No. There's no point. There's no point in doing it. Just cut it and then move on to the next bit. Yeah, and it's knowing where is to to put the investment to say yes, let's go and redo that because yep. strategically that's yep. not going away, or we can live without it for three six months, you know, because we know yep. it's dying. That's fine. Come on in. What was your highlights? The highlight of the whole thing? Um, I think it was probably seeing where Healthlog, not just Healthlog Analytics, but the ServiceNow ITOM suite actually could have detected priority one or priority two calls before they actually happen. And that's when mm -hmm. the light bulb moment hits, where you see that actually you've had an outage. I think we, we spoke about it previously. It was, you know, it, it was a business impact for five days. If the tool had been in production at that point, it would have detected it in a number of minutes. And an action yeah. could have been taken with it within the hour. So resolution uh, could have been implemented within, I don't know, two or three hours and it's done. We were see, you know, there's no more uh, reliant on people looking at different logs, trying to work out where the probable root cause is. Was there a change request at the same time that impacted MCIs? It's all there in one picture. You can yeah. see it. You know, the alerts are there. You can see that. I love the graphs that Alex and Chi have put together as well, where you can see things over time going up, um, what the impact might be. Um, yeah, just, just seeing something come together like that after all the the hard work everybody's put in. That's your, that's your highlight. Was that the first time you believed everything that I'd said? Because I told you it was all possible and we'd gone through the, the diagram many, many times and yeah. kind of talking yeah. theoretically about it. And was that the first time you thought, oh, great, Phil isn't actually full of shit? <laughs> no. I still think that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right too. That was <laughs> very good. No, I mean, yeah, that's that's always... The best part of the project, isn't it? And I yeah. think, regardless of what you're doing, but what we, what we, I think, what we've achieved and what we'll continue to achieve. Uh, number one is probably one of the best examples of a working partnership, you know, that I've ever had uh, between our organisation and a customer. I think it's been phenomenal, uh, and that is all about the team at, at Grid, you know, the approach that you guys have taken, right the way from you know the architects and the guys that we initially spoke to over in the states. The, I think the business uh, sponsorship we've had from yourself and and for Rob and and people up the chain, I think has been you know fantastic. And and for the fact that they actually bought into the idea and they got it, and then to be able to see it and say actually if this was in production and it wasn't for a number of reasons uh, at the time, but this is what we would have caught and we would have prevented this issue that we've got now. That's the yep. point that brings it all to life. Everyone gets on it and they're like right. Now let's accelerate that through. And that's what we're seeing is that acceleration of adoption yep. Uh, yep. And, and, and rapid deployment. I think that's, yeah, that's that's got to be the ultimate highlight. Dawn, oh, uh, Dawn was on, go on. sorry, I no, was go just going to say go on. on that user adoption, Dawn was on a call with um, Doug and uh, Morelli earlier last week and user adoption has gone through the roof now. They're on the, they're in the tool all the time. It's their, their first pain view. That's what they go to. And they're actually Brilliant. acknowledging the alerts, resolving things, and now they're applying the machine learning to it. So I think since that issue, people are on board of it now. 
Brilliant. That's fantastic. Carl, as a, a non-techie, I don't think you'll mind me calling you out as a non-techie. Um, what's looking at it, you know, obviously I don't think you, I think you maybe had an idea of what, what it is that we were doing, but maybe didn't understand it, you know, in terms of its kind of, you know, um, its niches or its, or its some of all of its parts. What's been your kind of highlight or, or how have you viewed this uh, project as it's kind of gone forward? I think for me, it's, it's actually helped clarify quite a lot around the, the technology and, and how it all works. And this genuinely has been like the first podcast I've listened to, like the whole series all the way through um, mm-hmm. and actually been engaged. At the beginning, it was a little bit hit and miss and I was like, do I want to be listening to this? But, you know, I, I persevered. <laughs> Um, but I think between between the two of you and the way you talk and, and when you had Dawn on, I was, one of the things I was going to actually ask you, actually, was about user adoption and how that was developing, because I know that that was going to be a big thing on yeah. the success. Um, so I, I, I think I've learned quite a lot being on the outside and not being in it. I'm not in the project every day. I'm obviously doing my job normally and stuff like that, but coming onto the podcast and listening um, and and sawing it out and things like that. I th- I think I've learned a lot about how it would work. So mm. it's, been, it's been interesting. Yeah. Well, we've got a business change. Oh, sorry. Uh, user adoption and business change lead now. I don't know if you've. You, I think I introduced you to a couple of weeks yes. ago, Phil Abby. Yeah, yeah. Abby Wilder. Yep. I don't know if you spoke to I've her. I've had or not. a good call with her. Yeah, she's a she's yep. a, a, a lovely young lady. Very hyper yep. and energetic dog that was climbing all over her when I was talking to her. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a dog, Alfie. Yeah. 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 Apparently, like yep. to sit on the windowsill, which is quite bizarre behaviour oh, for I a dog. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she's been great in putting you know structuring how we do a user adoption and Mm. also putting content in as to what could be used and how things need to be laid out and also changing the mindset of people in our own team around digital business change and user adoption you know what Mm. does it mean and why is it important and i think you know they were on a call last week as well uh, abby and margaret and i think there was somebody potentially oh no we don't need business change we don't need that user adoption piece we'll be all right without it and when abby sat down and explained to him why they need it. It was like a light bulb moment for them. And yeah, they're all on board now. They want to get involved. And I think the guy who's quite senior is actually going to be going to some of the sessions to put his name down. Well, that's really good. And actually it's because this is a technology project. Why do we need business change and business adoption? Because it's users and human beings that are going to be using it. Yep. Right. So I think that's, um, it's one of the things that is always missed by it. And I'm really glad that we've nailed it this way. And another program we're working on with, um, customer CAE who's actually season two of this podcast they've heavily adopted into that as well and it's it's a complete game changer Uh, it's really cool so um also so a little bit of an update I'll give you some some good news because I want to touch on knowledge because I'm not sure what's going on on knowledge but I'm definitely going to go um I think well definitely it's like 80 percent that I'm going to go um mostly just to um hang out with with you and Rob hopefully who are going to go but also to try and get this beat the brain thing going around because uh and i was getting i'm getting a lot of updates from joe as we come in we have both instances up and running we have the 50 log samples inject into the human interfaced um version of it so that uh, the person who's trying to take on the ai can try and find the anomalies and we've tried to make it a little bit obvious but i think some people will still um uh, I think we'll still win. And then we've got the demo instance and we're currently ingesting uh, 60,000 logs into the AI engine every two minutes, but randomized logs. So then we're spotting an issue uh, um, uh, lifetime and then we're going to generate 
generate that incident um, and we'll have a stop block on it. So uh, they're trying to come up with some cool names for it as well. We'll take that offline, but that's something I really want to try and take around and promote and pitch because it's basically this entire project in a nutshell. And then we'll overlay the service ops workflows on it as well. So I think that would be cool. But on, on knowledge, have you got your ticket? Are you going? I'm going. I think we're presenting as well. Yeah. Uh, Mr. K is going to be on stage. Are you going to be on stage with him? I think we are. Yes, we're doing a double act. Oh. Well, that's I the plan, I think, anyway. Definitely bring my bag of rotten tomatoes and other moldy <laughs> fruit produce to throw at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we've, submitted, we've, we've submitted the content anyway, so we're just waiting for service now to say yes or no to it. Very good, very good. Uh, I'm hoping for a name drop in there. You're going to be mentioning Sapphire and Phil and how we've done this project. I think I called. I think we called them out in the in. The, you know, you have to put a description of the, what you want to talk about. I think yeah. we called them out. Called you out. Well, Sapphire, not specifically you, but okay. called Sapphire out as a elite partner. I appreciate that, my so. friend. I appreciate that. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting, and then we can obviously go and uh, go and explore what vegas has got to offer um in terms of you know the emerging technologies that are in the uh, in in knowledge i know that there's some big stuff planned for knowledge and i think there's going to be some pretty good stuff launched around um optech um so i think we can go and look at that and some more hotel stuff i think we're going to see lightstep um yep. really explode really explode yep. and uh, we're, we're going to be announcing some stuff we're doing with that too so well you know the big yeah. one for us next year is this digital experience monitoring which we're that demo hot on so good it looks so yeah good. i know i haven't been able I'm to not- attend the sessions but gareth sent me the recordings and we're yeah, doing um yeah we're doing we're doing some other sessions. I think I can say it openly. We're going to be showing it to Centrica as well, um, and it did, the dem stuff looks so good in real time. It's it is basically you know versions of Ashbot that you if you go back to like podcast two, I think yes. we spoke about that. Uh, that it yep. is Ashbot, and I love that you said. Oh, I think you should call it Ash. <laughs> yeah, automated. <laughs> automated system helper just uh-huh. call it ash it's done I like it which is a picture of your face like as a cartoon yeah. with a pint of yeah. beer or something <laughs> yeah it's just the time for us I think it's just the timelines might not quite match up to where we're at mm. I think we're going to have to look at what we're going to be leveraging short term because we've got some short term needs as well mm. um, but I think it's September no May I think it's May it's going to be in general availability but I've got a call yeah. this week with or it might be next week with Gareth and Harsh around getting early access to the tool in a instance that we can yes. have a play with. Because we are angling to get, I think we're just literally waiting on the on the paperwork to become um, early technology adoption partners too. So we'll be right there with you um, on on getting into obviously our demo instances, but then hopefully building out a few yep. POCs with customers and we can yep. do something with you guys as well. It looks really, really sexy. It really does. I think it's probably one of the most exciting products that ServiceNow have bought out since the release of um, of ITOM Enterprise. You know, like that first cut. Yep. Probably for me, when I first then founded ITOM Solution, which then became Sapphire, when I first saw it, and, and it wasn't perfect, and we had to do a lot of dev work into it. For me, this is ex- as excited as seeing that, just for the potentials that it's yep. got, and tying that into Agent Assist as well. I think that's going to be yes. that's going to be sick. That's going to be real sick. Uh, yeah, we won't we won't ruin it because I think we should come back. We can come back and do a special edition podcast just on that. Maybe even like some release note features. Carl's nodding, so I don't, he likes the idea of that one. If you've got yep. <laughs> still got time in your diary for me, Ash. <laughs> oh, I've um, always got time for you. Ah, oh. um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think we can wrap it. I think we can wrap it up there. Is there anything you want to say, um, Ashley, while you've still got the hot mic? No, it's just you know, thank you to Sapphire um, for all their hard work, and especially also thank you to I wanted to call him Caleb, but it's Carl. Yes, it's I think Carl. you two, you're like the the Clarkson and Cooper. I was to say you're watching too much Clarkson's farm. Yeah, you keep you keep uh, our very own Jeremy Clarkson in check here and tell him where he's gone wrong or messed up. That's what you need to do. Keep doing. Um, no, you know, um, Carl, it's been. Good. I've enjoyed it to be honest. You know, you're a bit nervous about doing it to start with, but as the time's gone on, you know, get into the flow. But you know, there's a big thanks to the internal teams at National Grid as well, the ones that have helped um, our team deliver. Because without them, their collaboration on it, you would never get it done. Yeah, no, I agree. I'd like so, to echo yeah. that. I'd like to echo that. A massive thanks to everyone at Grid that's involved in a project. Um, you know. Like, like Ashley quite rightly said, without you being involved in helping, we wouldn't be able to do any of the work that, that we've got slated on RSAW. Um, I want to give a massive shout out to all of the, the Sapphire staff that have been on the project, you know, the work that Chi and Michal and um, Alex and everyone that has been on this project has done, I think has been fantastic. We are, I can't say it enough, we are breaking new ground and pushing uh, the, the ServiceNow platform to its limits in a lot of places, breaking integrations that have never been done, an example of which we've spoken about today. So, you know, th those folks have done a tremendous job. Um, and Carl, thank you very much for being our, our silent producer. I'm not so silent producer in the background coming in and, and contributing. And uh, we've got to get you on the mic more and more in season two as well, I think. So, um, uh, and most of all, Ash, you know, thank you for making time in your diary and coming on. And it's not an easy thing to do to come in and talk about um, a live project, you know, because it's emotional, it's a living, breathing thing. Um, and I really appreciate your your honesty and your candour, um, you know, um, as we've kind of gone through this. So thanks a lot, mate, and I really appreciate it. No, nope, you're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap on season two, folks. Uh, oh, season one. Season two's finished. Uh, it's a wrap Blinky, on season you'll miss one. It. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, thank you very much for, for listening. Um, I think we're going to take, you know, a couple of weeks out and then we'll start on, on season two. Um, so listen out and, and watch out for the promotion on that. But uh, it just leaves me one last time to say thank you very much for listening. And Ashley, thanks for your time. Carl, have a good week and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you.